Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn, joined by my co-host, Ryan Donnelly. And Ryan, it's uh, it's draft season. It's draft season in football, and of course, that means only one thing. It means that it's time to take the coaches out, put them in their underwear, put them through the meat market, measure them, you know, see how big their heads are, see how big their, you know, their hands are, see how fast they're running the 40 time. And, uh, and right. eventually some NFL franchises are going to select their coaches. They're going to, they're going to go through and pick, you know, which coaches that aren't Nick Saban because he refuses to participate in this, uh, are we going to pick this year for the, uh, for the coach draft that we do every season? We're asking them who wants it bad enough. We're asking them, you know, if you were asked to be Matt Rule's dancing partner for an entire evening in yeah. front of several NFL owners watching creepily while licking their lips, uh, could you do that? Yeah. Um, we're asking them, you know, uh, if you were the field listener and you were forced to participate in our annual male manipulator Olympics, mm-hmm. um, whose game would you model yourself after? You know, who do you who do you identify with most as a male male manipulator? Are yeah. you more of a Patrick Mayhorn or like a Machine Gun Kelly? Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of the same. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. saying it. Those are the kind of questions we're asking. Yeah, we're you know we're getting out the measurements. We're checking to see how big Paul Christ's hands are, and then we're we're tisking really loudly when the number comes out and it's like five and a half. And it's I, I didn't even and, know if you, and if you and if you don't like his hand measurement, you're gonna hate me bring out the calipers for the skull. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, Brian Day is not feeding those allegations. <laughs> Oops, all hair. Whoops, there's no skull in there. It's just hair all the way down. <laughs> Who could have known? <laughs> Like a, like a oh, peach no. pit that he's got in there of just solid hair all the way through. Yeah. Really. He doesn't have any soft spots. He only has like hairier spots. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really kind of actually upsetting scene. It's uh, that he was able to, <laughs> to keep it, you know, that he was able to be clean shaven for two whole seasons is a, uh, a testament to modern science when it comes to uh, developing razors. Really impressive work there from, from all those guys that they could keep him uh, generally hairless for two years, and but they, he finally broke through. Yeah, um, he's like a gremlin. You know, you just you let him get too close to the water or something. He's like a gremlin insofar as you can't feed him once the moon comes out or he'll go crazy. Yeah. You can't let him around Kevin Wilson or else he forgets how to coach. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it, it's uh, Kevin Wilson does have that effect on people, and so you got to, you got to watch out for that. He's it's it's very dangerous to have these two in the same house. They are not good with other cats. You need to make sure that they're the only cat in the house. Yeah. It's, it's really they don't play well with others. Um Wilson, by the way, just a guy who's like ten percent better at Warner. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't disagree. Um. Yeah. Kevin Wilson. Also, just not a good dude. Not a big fan of Kevin Wilson. Could could do with less of uh of here today. That guy. Today, just as a uh, as an aside. Before this, we... know, think, this is just the Kevin Wilson's a bad guy episode. <laughs> Kevin Wilson's a bad guy episode. Um. As an aside, just just Kevin Wilson note today. Um. I was over covering the the uh, a press conference, and when he came out to speak, I did stand up and leave because <laughs> I didn't have any interest in what he had to say. And I didn't want to listen to him, so I just I just left. I was like, okay, yep, I've I've heard enough. I'm ready to go. Um, and that's. Did you get any looks on the way out the door? Did no, you get any kind of. No, I, I I mean I guess maybe he looked at me, but I didn't really have any any interest in seeing him. So I I just got a move on, went and got some coffee. It was uh, it was great. I would recommend it for any uh, any beat members who just don't maybe don't realize you don't actually have to listen to anything that coaches say. You can just leave. It's fine. It's free. You can just go. What are they gonna do? Um, so that was my, uh, that was that's my, that's not, that's not famous. Uh, that's that Buckeye sports bulletin work. I think we love to uh-huh. see. Listen, I, I, I transcribed all of Ryan day at the press conference and my ass was out of there. That's it. He's the only one who had anything to say. I'm good. Um, when, 
when Ryan Day was speaking, uh, I didn't speak up. My hairless ass sat down and listened. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I realized I'll never be as hairy as he is. And that's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great shame for me and for my, my bloodline, but it's something that I have, I've learned to live with. Um, Ryan, if, if people couldn't tell, we're, uh, we're drafting coaches today. We're doing the coach draft. We are. Yeah, I think we explained it really yeah, well. Yeah, I think also. we explained it really, really well. We really, um, you know, you, you asked when we were coming into the show, how do you want to intro this? And apparently we, uh, we knew exactly how we wanted to intro it, and that's by not doing it, by not explaining what it is. Um, right. So, yeah, anyway, Coach Draft, let's do it. <laughs> it's that famous off-season content we know and love where yeah. it's a little too early to keep doing a preview all that often, and we kind of covered a lot of stuff we wanted to do last off-season that really hasn't changed that much yet. Yeah. So I think we're really just kind of hitting our stride of talking about uh, – you know, who you guys are, who you yeah, like, who are your, uh, who, you're, who... who are your guys. Yeah, we're bringing Bill Burr on to ask who his guys are, and he's explaining that he's a big Kevin Wilson head, and we're <laughs> tugging on our on our collars, like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, what's the, and what's nice about this, too, is it's definitely going to be way different from the other, like, 13 versions of, like, previewing the season we're going to do for uh-huh. the rest of this offseason. Yeah. It's not going to be the same thing as our no. one of your top 25 teams or... This is not uh, win you know, totals. Like, yeah. <laughs> so our win totals or you're not predicting, like, hey, who's going to win the national championship? We're not talking about any of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are going to, but it's going to be way different this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is definitely, this is certainly different. I mean, I, I like... Well, Patrick, before we do this, what, what'd you do this weekend, huh? What, 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 let's hear about your personal life. What did you get into? Uh, um, it, gun to my head, I do not remember. It has left my brain permanently. I do not know Come what on. I did. I literally do not know. I published on Sunday. I don't remember what I did on Saturday. <laughs> it could For have the been listeners anything. who are curious why, why Patrick is getting into this, uh, there is, there, I mean, you may have seen this from our good friend DJ Burns, there have been two men arrested uh, you know, in connection to a series of arsons and burglaries. Uh, there is an outstanding third suspect on the loose, and <laughs> I think we can all say why we know Patrick isn't talking. No, I, my alibi is that on Saturday I was actually getting kicked out of Ohio State's football practice for uh, not being loyal to the program as a former player. And so <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a traveling weekend for me. Thank you for making me bring it up again. Um, and honestly, it's honestly shocking given how well your past police officers have gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's really... <laughs> It's honestly pretty impressive that this keeps happening to me. Some might say, uh, maybe you should change your lifestyle a little bit so that this doesn't continue to happen to you. But no, I'm not going to. Oh, man. Um, uh, anyway. All right, so the coach draft. Coach yeah. draft. Let's, let's explain the rules briefly here. Um, and I will also say real quick at the top, we, we joke about this being the same thing, right? We're going to do this 12 times. Um, have you seen, Ryan, what other college football podcasts are doing right now? It's the no, worst. you're right. Yeah. It is the worst shit of all. <laughs> All time like this is we are yeah. we are the we are still the high water mark by virtue Damn, of pat narduzzi got his contract extension yeah. and uh what what's the ceiling well, for <laughs> what's the ceiling for Deion sanders at jackson state i don't know man i don't care it doesn't matter who cares <laughs> what's the history of louisiana football shut up shut up doesn't matter who gives a shit leave me alone and of course all these guys do t- every other podcast does sound like foghorn lake well, I, <laughs> I say i say <laughs> what's old nick got to go on this year <laughs> um all right yeah so we're doing a coach draft uh i made these very arbitrary rules for this 
Um, if you are one of my friends who I've known for you know 10, 20 years, I've probably made you do an arbitrary offseason draft like this before. Yeah. Uh, so this may sound familiar to you if you were an attendee of uh, Gateway High School or Ohio State uh, from the years 2012 to 2016. Uh, so look, we have uh, we have some coach drafting to do. We're going to each pick 10 guys. Uh, it's going to be a snake draft. Patrick uh, did win the heads or tails and chose to select first. Yeah. Uh, which means I will have the second two picks. Patrick will have picks four and five, et cetera, until we have all 20 picks complete. Um, it, the winner of this is going to be determined. I think we're going to do this basically this time next year, maybe a little, maybe a year from now, maybe a little bit less um, on cumulative points among all the coaches on your team. Um, so here's our scoring system, Patrick. Uh, you may have already read through this. Hope you did. Uh, if not, that's tough for you. I am well prepared to win. Uh we have a scoring system, one point for each win during the season, two additional points for a ranked win. So that means uh, one ranked win is worth three total points. We're going to use the final AP poll to determine what ranked wins were. No midseason ranked win nonsense. Um, it's two additional points for a rivalry win. So, for example, if you had a ranked rivalry win, if let's say Ohio State beat number 16 Michigan in the, the season, that'd be worth five points. Um, a non new year six bowl win is worth three additional points. Uh, there are five more points for a division championship, five points for a ranked finish in the final AP poll, five points for a top 10 recruiting class, uh, 10 points for a conference championship, 10 points for a new year six win, uh, 10 points for a top five recruiting class, 15 points for the top ranked recruiting class, 15 points for a playoff appearance. 15 points for a first round playoff win and 25 points for a national championship win. Um, so that's the scoring system. Whoever's 10 coaches uh, total the most points overall uh, wins. Yeah. Uh, it's determines who's smarter, who's more handsome, who's the better podcaster, um, and who gets to take up all the marbles. Yep, and there is also. Did you mention that Nick Saban is is ineligible? Was, oh yeah, you yeah. cannot take Nick Saban. Yeah, you you cannot take Nick, take Nick Saban because he's going to win the national championship, and he's sort of a cheat code. Um, Allegedly, yeah. Uh, yeah um, mm-hmm. Well, who's his top competition? It's uh, <laughs> it's a. Tough well, we find it out yeah. when you pick first overall. Yeah, his top competition, Ryan, with the first pick, it is unfortunately Ryan Day. It's the hairiest man <laughs> on earth. Um, because frankly, he's in the big 10 and, uh, Ohio state's not going to lose more than one game this season. (laughs) And so that's a, that's a pretty much a default 15 points right there along with, you know, 12 or 13 points for each win. Um, I'm assuming that they're going to have a top five recruiting class and yeah, I I mean, they play Notre Dame and Michigan and those are the only two teams on their schedule and I don't think they're going to lose both of them. So I'm, I really don't really, I, I don't really have all that much of an affinity for Ryan Day as a coach. I haven't been terribly impressed with anything he's done. I don't think he's bad. I just, he's sort of standard. Um, and uh, I, I, I <laughs> it's writing live. Oh, sorry, the, there, was, uh, there, was, there, was, there was one additional <laughs> rule. Sorry, hang on, we missed this really quick just after you picked here. There was one additional rule in the document that we did for it to read off, uh-huh. uh, which is there's also an additional minus 100 points if your strength coach is under five foot seven. Yeah. Every pick is now fucked. Every strength coach is five foot four, Ryan. You know this. <laughs> They're all tiny little guys. There's a reason that they got into this. They're very small they li- men. Uh, they live inside the, the weight rack. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to some uh, sort of Willy Wonka factory where there's a whole bunch of strength and conditioning Oompa Loompas who are yelling at me about resistance training. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> it's, it's a real Now, this is Patrick. Scenario. 
are you at all worried that you're picking here with scarlet colored glasses on with your huge Buckeye fandom? Um, I'm actually, I'm worried about almost the exact opposite, which is that I very nearly didn't pick him and he is the most obvious pick. And so I was a little, it, it was a last second adjustment in recognizing like, yeah, I mean, he's going to make the playoff and that's worth 15 points and that's more valuable than anything else than any of the better coaches could get because their teams aren't as good. Um, like he has the best quarterback and receiver in the country and it's kind of hard. Like they, they almost made the playoffs last year, and that team was fucking terrible. So I, it's hard for me to imagine that they can't make it this year, given that they're probably not going to be as terrible. They have, like, one or two good coaches on their staff instead of zero. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, I, I think Ryan Day, in spite of himself, is going to, to pull this off, and it's it's just going to be continually con- continually uh, diminishing returns for him for Ohio State. But this year, the returns will still be fine because it's not his uh, – it's not his recruits fully yet, and that's that's when things are going to start to get a little bit goofy for Ryan Day. But that's not my problem. That's next year Patrick's problem. That's right. That's right. Uh, here's the thing about the rest of this draft. I feel bad about all of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is not really any part of this draft that I'm going to enjoy. Uh, I'm going to take two coaches who I don't think are that good, but I also think have an easy path to conference championships and – at least a very plausible path to uh, top five recruiting classes, like 10 plus wins. Yeah. Um, guys who just do this pretty much all of the time. Uh, I'm going to take Dabo Swinney and Kirby Smart. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the two dumbest guys off the board. <laughs> so uh, I just want to get that. I, I want to have tone setters. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Kirby probably will not make the playoff this year, but you know, I mean, you're basically just betting against him against Nick Saban. I think he's going to make a division championship and get another top five class. That's just what he does every year. Yeah. Um, and from there, it's just, it's one game. It's whether or not you think Bryce Young will be alive by then or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Dabo, I mean, come on, look. Yeah. We've seen the ACC beat Clemson, but to do it two years in a row, these guys aren't that good. They don't have that many players like Dave Dorn and Dave Kloss lost everybody. Uh, he'll win the conference again this year. Right. I will. I will note specifically Dave Dorn did not lose everybody. I think most of that team is back. Well, yeah, but Dave Dorn already had more guys last year, and yeah. they were he, not as he good. Is as also, he, he does also – Dave Dorn does have the handicap of being Dave Dorn, which is always going to be an yeah, issue for him. Just constitutionally incapable of winning, uh, yeah, unfortunately. Not a serious not a serious man. As a concept, as a human being, he is not serious. He's, just, he's a Mickey so Mouse let, person. Let's, let's talk about these three programs real quick from our first yeah. three picks. Now, you know, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia off the board. Uh, these programs have basically been the main foils for Alabama – for the last what like seven years pretty much like non-stop basically yeah uh you can go back to maybe 2015 is when georgia emerged but or when it was kirby whenever kirby was hired that's when that happened um but yeah i mean looking at this i i don't know i think the question comes down to do you think these guys can keep the run going like do we think that last year's problems from Dabo from ryan day uh showed like a real long-term weakness that we exploit again this season was the start of a fall or was it a one-year blip? Uh, was Kirby smart? Is Kirby smart going to be able to repeat what he did last year with basically his entire defense leaving? I guess, where are you at on these programs kind of going into uh, 2022? Well, I, it's interesting because I think that if you're like, you know, if you're talking about the top of the sport, like you said, these are the main foils for Alabama, but I, I totally agree with you that like the top of this board here, I'm not super excited about any of the coaches on it. You know, I, I think that we could probably, 
at least in terms of recruiting production, include Jimbo Fisher on here at some point as well. And I, I you know, but to spoil my next pick, it's going to be Jimbo Fisher. But I, yeah. I, I think that there's a there's a very weird sort of thing with with college football, and we've talked about the Saban effect plenty of times, but. Also, just beyond Saban, no, these guys are not Saban, but also I don't really feel like they're even all that impressive without considering Saban, right? Like, this past Georgia team was really good, but Kirby has been pretty open about his limitations as a coach and, and actually fairly seemingly proud of his limitations as a coach, which is that he doesn't want to throw the ball or do anything on offense, which it didn't end up hurting them last year, but it's sort of hard to imagine that Georgia can have the best defense that I've maybe ever seen every season. Um, and then Dabo is, you know, he's got the thing where he's just, it kind of feels like he caught lightning in a bottle a little bit with two generational quarterbacks. And that when he didn't get one, his program, I don't know if they fell apart. I mean, they won 10 games, but they don't have that same depth of talent that you're seeing at some of these other top schools. And I don't think that he's good enough to coach his way out of that. And then Ryan Day, I, I don't know what his identity is as a program builder, as a coach, as really a person. Um, it Big softball of hair. He's it, he's the he's cousin it from from the Adams family. Yeah, like it it doesn't really. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I I'm you know I I cover the program and I see it so closely, but like I don't really see Ryan Day establishing himself in any major way and or differentiating himself from Urban Meyer, which is very strange because he runs a very different scheme and. I think requires different kinds of players, but he has not really done much of anything to build that foundation himself. And so in a question of sustainability, I think it's probably Kirby, then Ryan, then Dabo, but I don't think that I'm super confident in any of them. Kirby, I feel the best about, but I don't really feel very good about any of them as long-term program builder. I don't think there's a Saban here, certainly. Um, And so I I do wonder if when Saban does finally... Um, move on, I guess, from this mortal coil. Uh, are we going to enter into an era where there are, you know, consistently four or five teams trading championships instead of one new team stepping in because none of the coaches at these programs are good enough to actually do something like what Saban did or even really to recreate like a Pete Carroll style run or a, an Urban Meyer tenure? You just have a bunch of coaches who can win one or two titles when they get lucky. Um, and other than that, they're, you know, held back by their own incompetence. Yeah, I mean, and part of this is, let's be honest, we're haters, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. That's kind of our role in this thing. And so I think we're prone to like looking at the, like the worst possible outcome of these, uh, uh, of these, uh, of these guys' seasons. And, and like, what is the worst possible outcome? Though? It's like these guys reaching to win 10 games and have a top 10 recruiting class, right? Like worst yeah. case scenario. Yeah, like, like Clemson last year, right? They didn't have a quarterback and their offense was largely terrible and they won 10 games. Yeah. And they were like, you know, I think they were one game away, basically if, if, Wake had lost their final game. They would have been in the uh, in the ACC championship again anyway, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, like that's their worst case. Uh, I guess it's just like it's hard for me to see. I think Dabo is probably a bad pick for me. I think I probably regret that pick pretty immediately. Uh, I guess because I don't know if no recruit as well as the other guys. But like, what you see from these teams is pretty. Um, it's pretty consistent. Like, yeah, they're not Nick Saban, obviously. But if you're basically what we're doing here with these first three picks and, and your fourth pick with Jimbo, it's just betting on like the field of other teams that have top 10 talent uh, winning the national championship over Alabama, right? We're all just taking kind of uh, shots in the revolver here at that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I really don't know what, uh, like until Nick Saban retires, this next crop of guys is just not good enough to get it done anymore. Like Dabo clearly has, I think, lost the plot a little bit. He's not the Dabo of the secret sauce Dabo of 2015 to 2019. Um 
you know, Ryan Day had just to me not shown anything to show that he's uh, on the same tier as these guys. I don't think he has the wherewithal to build a program. Even if he like incidentally stumbles into some good hires, like hired a guy like Jim Knowles, I don't think he actually has the wherewithal as to why Jim Knowles is a good hire, why he had to make that, or what making a good program looks like, or what makes a program tick. Yeah. Um, Kirby Smart too. I mean, Kirby is just basically like kind of what. Jimbo was 10 years ago, where just has the ability to win a national title kind of despite himself and mm-hmm. that he can just build enough talent uh, at, a, at a program based in the same region of the country just by recruiting his ass off and, and picking legitimately really good support staff. Like obviously the strength coach we talked about a couple weeks ago is incredibly elite and a great defensive staff and just kind of basically playing that game and hoping you control the football and everyone you can basically, if, if you can beat Alabama once that you're going to, uh, have a shot at the national championship. And that's pretty much what, what, how it works for him. And if he can't beat Bama that year, then he's going to lose it. And if he can, he'll probably win the national championship. And it kind of works for him. Uh, so I guess the Kirby is not really thinking about the game in the way that Nick Saban is, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know. All these guys have different pieces of Nick Saban and put it all together. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. They they do all feel uniquely sort of limited in a in a way that is immutable. I don't I don't know if any of them can really overcome this. I mean, I guess. If anybody can, it's probably Kirby and Ryan because they are the newest as head coaches, right? We we do we have less of a less of a sample size on them day, especially. But I I just I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like you know. I I think Kirby, we kind of know who he is as a coach. He's been like I said, pretty open about it. And Ryan Day, I I mean, I just I haven't seen anything from him that makes me think, yeah, this is a really good head coach. This is a guy who really is prepared to run a program right now and knows the ins and outs and knows why he's doing things. Like you said, it doesn't really, it seems like Ryan Day sort of just is looking at flashcards and, you know, reciting his, his flashcards to you. And Oh yeah. Really, absolutely soulless coach. One, one thousand. Like not, not really engaging with the information or learning things, just sort of. No, he's Josh McDaniels. He, yeah. Adjusting as he sees things and being, you know, well, that didn't work. So we're going to do the opposite or, you know, it, it just sort of going with the wind, and I, it doesn't feel like he has a distinct program identity or a coaching identity, and that I, I don't know if you could fix that either. Um, yeah, I think today's best case scenario, right? So he's Sean McVay, and like Jim Knowles just happens. Like, obviously, you can't go pay for Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey in, in college football. Mm. You can, I mean, you might be able to try, uh, <laughs> but I, I think Texas A&M, Tennessee, and you know Georgia and Alabama have to say about that. You probably can't yeah. get enough, like enough of a dominant group just by yourself in Ohio, uh, but. Maybe the answer is Jim Knowles can build a defense good enough that it just lets him be Sean McVay and still won a national championship despite it. But I think he's pretty clearly emerged as a guy who's not a multi-time dynasty builder the way like Saban was or the way Dabba was, the way Urban Meyer was. Like he's he's not that kind of guy. I think we can tell that by now. Yeah, I I, I think that's I think that's fair. I, I do think it is I don't know if I would count it as a, a strength, but I, I think that it is at least not a weakness that he doesn't seem to have quite the rigid ideological beliefs that somebody like Kirby or Jimbo has. He is, I would say, closer to someone like Dabo, where his his really strong feelings, you know, philosophically are, are more around building a program than they are around, like, you know, oh, we don't want to have an offense <laughs> because that's, uh, God doesn't like it when you do that, right? Like, Ryan Day has, yeah. he is committed to his offense, but I don't think that that's, like, an offense that he grew up running. That's just, that's the popular offense. And so that's what he runs. Um, his, his, you know, commitments are more to, to structural stuff. And so I, I think that that would be something of a strength. He's at least able to adapt schematically, but yeah, as a program builder, I've not, I've not seen a whole lot there. Um, with Jimbo, who is my next pick, uh, I'm basically just banking on, you know, they're the third best team, I would think in the sec, maybe the second best team. 
um, they are in the same league as Alabama, which is not uh, something I'm super excited about. But they did beat them yeah. last year, and they weren't very good last year. You're basically – you're just falling into what I did last year. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm <laughs> I don't know if I'm all that confident that Jimbo is going to beat Alabama again. That seems like a lot to ask, but I do think that a, a you know a one loss Texas A and M probably does get in the playoff. I'm I'm banking essentially on the committee being lazy and just picking a one loss SEC team every year. Um, and also they're going to have the top recruiting class, and that's 15 points, and so I I feel I feel fairly good about that. Um, I'm on the board again at number five. Correct. That's right. And you're going to have to pick between two of your guys. I mean, I know who you're picking between. It's two of your guys here. Uh, let's see who you go with. I'm going to go with Kalani Satake. Um, oh, man. That's not the, uh, one of your guys that you're going to take. Okay. Yeah. Um, BYU returns like 99% of its 10 and 3 team. Um, they have a starting quarterback back. They have the vast majority of their team back. And they have a schedule that if they were undefeated against, they would be, probably be in the playoff. They play Baylor at home. Um, at Oregon, they have Notre Dame at home. They have Arkansas at home. They go to Liberty. They go to Boise State. There are some other ones at Stanford. Um, if they go undefeated, I think there's a very good chance they can make the playoff, and I think there's a very, very good chance they're going to go undefeated. Um, this was a really good team last year, and I think they're going to be significantly better this year. And even if they don't make the playoff, I think they're probably going to get the New Year's Six bid for the G5. Um, I think that they're going to win a whole lot of games. They might win a decent chunk of ranked games. And so I'm sort of, I'm not so much picking a title contender here as I am, um, playing into the rules a little bit and saying, yeah, I think Kalani Satake is going to win like 13 games this year. And I, I feel, I feel pretty good about that. Man, um, that throws me off. I think it's a really good pick that makes sense. I think there's like three or four guys in like the Kalani Satake tier that I was thinking of in the same way of just dudes who I think are really good coaches with really good opportunity to win a lot of games this year who maybe won't get the other stuff. Like, like I think, um, uh, you know, there's not all like some of these other just like uh, opportunities to rack up wins and points aren't going to be there for him, but you can just bet on him or sorry, rather racking up points in our scoring system may not be available, but just literally getting wins and ranked wins is going to be an option for him to get full wins. Yeah. Uh, That's stuff that's wide open. Um, So it's a good pick for sure. Uh, The recruiting party, you're just obviously not competing for the recruiting points here, which is, reasonable enough um i think i'm gonna lean the other way and feel bad about this again and just go for <laughs> guys who are gonna recruit really well and we'll see how the games go uh let me get lincoln riley and marcus freeman okay all right i i will tell you right now i did not have lincoln riley on my list i <laughs> yeah i was worried about that i was worried i could have waited for him but i mean he's gonna get a top five class make it sure. one class in the country uh, and it's basically just Hammer Kyle Winningham to win the Pac-12. The other team sucked this year. Yeah. Oregon's not going to be good at all. Um, no one else is ready to play ball. Like you know, UCLA got hamstrung and their coaching staff this offseason. Yeah. So I have a I I, I have a <laughs> uh, I have a different uh, Pac-12 coach on my on my board that I think. I'll of course, I, that's yeah. what I thought you were taking last round. That I like I like him a lot too. But sure. I think some of the preseason hype is a little bit overdone this year. I don't think they're going to be maybe quite as good as they're expected. And they also have a pretty hard, I mean, as always, they just have a hard road to yeah. getting to the place they want to be at because of uh, the talent deficiency they face. Yeah. I'm assuming but... we're both talking about Utah, correct? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm. No, I meant, I meant Wazoo. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah. Um... You meant, you, you know, I'm a big Kalen DeBoer guy. So <laughs> yeah. Going with Washington. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I mean, so far in those picks, like, I think, I think basically, uh, 
of the of the first seven picks we've made, I think six of them are coming after the same concept. Yeah. Right. Of like, I think these are all the uh, same between like core concept of coaches. You have basically the same idea with all six of those first guys. Yeah, except Kalani, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think the, the other six, ones are all the just... six uh, P five guys: Lincoln, Marcus, right. uh, Swinney, Smart, and Day and Fisher. I think you're you're getting essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you're going for the recruiting crown. Uh, you're going for ten easy wins. Uh, and we'll see what happens from there. See if they can pick up a rivalry win. Uh, see if they can get a, an NY6 bowl. See if they can get a playoff berth. You're just playing roulette at that point. But there, there's, a, I think now is the point where we have to pick actually good coaches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's probably one shine, more. Maybe this is. Yeah. There's like there's one to three more of these guys left on the board that I think might get picked, but um, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, my my next pick here. Uh, I'm, I'm once again going to lean into the brand. I'm taking Bill Clark uh, at, uh, at UAB, who I think is about oh, man. like 10 or 11 games. And I, it, it, this came down to, if I took him or trailer with this pick, came down to essentially who I think is going to win the league. And um, picking a retur- picking a, a defending champion to win again is just not something I really like to do at the G5 level. So I, I think UAB. I think UAB is going to win the CUSA. I think that the only, like, you know looking at their looking at their schedule briefly um the only like likely loss that i see i believe is lsu which even then i'm not like super sure that they're going to lose that game that doesn't feel impossible to think that they might win that game um and and so i i I don't really know if there's a ton of losses here, especially given that Marshall's not going to be on the schedule anymore, which we have just gotten confirmation on. And Southern Miss is not going to be on the schedule anymore. Granted, the former is a little bit more impressive than the latter, but this is not an especially good league. UAB and UTSA are the two best teams in it. UAB gets UTSA at home. There's not a road game on here that really frightens me. They get, you know, FAU on the road. They have Liberty on the road in week two. I think that, you know, and then there's LSU on the road, which is not super fun but i i think uab could absolutely win 11 or even 12 games here and win the cusa um do so pretty comfortably and i don't know if there's going to be a, a dominant unbeaten team in the mountain west or in the you know or in the aac and so unless the sunbelt produces a, an undefeated defeated team which i don't think it's going to uab could even get the new year's six bid um and so i i I, yeah, but I, like I don't. Clark. I don't know, man. He, here's where you have to add. Like, I agree. Bo Clark is a great coach. If you ask me to rank my top twenty coaches in college football, he's obviously on this list, no doubt about that. Yeah. But man, as a draft pick, does he make a ton of sense? Like, given the rules we have, I, I know it's, I mean, it's your team. I'm not trying to coach for you yeah. here, but uh, you're just like taking yourself out of it if he doesn't win the conference, right? Because like you're, you're basically putting all of this like on UTSA versus UAB because they're not going to get. If they don't beat UAB, they don't get the conference championship. They don't get the division championship. They don't get the NY6 bowl. They don't. They probably don't get a ranked finish. Uh, they're not getting the recruiting classes. They're not eligible for playoff bids. So, like it's very high. It could pay off because I think they're going to get ten wins. It's a pretty safe floor, like you said. But beyond that, it's like unless they if they lose that UTSA game, that's all they're going to get. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I don't think there's another Power Five team that's going to compete for any of the recruiting stuff. Um, and I, I also don't know mm. if there's another Power Five team that's going to win its conference. Um, and, and so I, I'm more confident in UAB winning 11 games than I am in like Mel Tucker. Uh, that's that's fair my, enough. Fair enough. That's my bet. Basically, is yeah. I mean, Mel Tucker might finish ranked, but also uh, he might go eight and four, and I don't think Bill Clark's going to do that. 
Um, and, and so I, I'm I'm more confident in Bill Clark winning games than I am in a lot of these next tier of, of um, Power 5 coaches, except for my next pick, who we alluded to earlier, uh, Kyle Whittingham out at Utah. I, yeah, I, makes I, sense. I think Utah's going to be really good. I am a whole lot more confident in um, in Utah than I am in USC right now, and USC I think is the only other team in the Pac-12 outside of I mean, maybe. This is a big, big fucking maybe UCLA. Big maybe. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, it's sort of like the uh, the Ryan Day pick where I, I like Kyle Whittingham more as a coach, but where I don't know who stops them from going to the playoff unless they just absolutely shit the bed, which, I mean, Utah has done. Utah has done repeatedly. They have shit the bed where they absolutely should have gone to the playoff and they lost early. But... I just I don't know who in the Pac-12 is beating them. This is a good team. They return a lot of players. They have a lot of veterans. They have a veteran coaching staff. I'm kind of surprised that he didn't retire. I think that he, I would guess he didn't retire because he knows what this team can be. Um, and so I, I think that this is the last P5 coach who I think, outside of like Dave Aranda maybe, uh, this is the last P5 coach who I think has a, an actual mm. serious shot at going to the playoff. Hard, hard to tell who's going to get picked next, by the way. Uh-huh. Could be anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, also, why? I, I just, I guess I, I was looking at Utah's football schedule that you were picking. I didn't realize they don't play BYU this year. That yeah. definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, nope. They do play Florida on the road week one. I am not worried about um, that. I will tell you. I watched Florida's quarterbacks last year. Not my problem. Not worried about it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not worried about the King, Jack Miller, coming around the show? Uh, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No. Florida, sorry, Utah's schedule is kind of interesting. They go at Florida, then they have an FCS game. Uh, then they get San Diego State at home, which is a win, but tricky maybe. Yeah. Um, you get Arizona State on the road, uh, Oregon State at home. UCLA on the road is at least worth watching, given the past shitting history of Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, the following week is USC. Uh, USC in mid-October, most dangerous team in football. USC in late October, the least dangerous team in football. Where is that USC uh, game at? It's in Salt Lake. Yeah, that's the that's the LA team that if you're going to get uh, at home, that's the one you want to get at home. Because I don't think that playing on the road at UCLA is not something I'm terribly afraid of. Oh no, we have to go to the place where we already, you know, had eighty percent of the fans five months ago, right? It's like, oh, go, oh, oh, they did not have eighty percent of the fans. No, it was, it was close. You're right. Bowl. It was closer to seventy five percent. It was a, it was unbelievable. A, it was a significant portion, my man. <laughs> Whatever, whatever. <laughs> then they have USC, then their bye week, then a Thursday game at Wazoo. If you were looking for a game that's just going to absolutely get weird, a Thursday game at Wazoo is a pretty safe bet for oh, you to get a weird game. Yeah, we love uh, that. They get Arizona at home, Stanford home, two easy layup wins, then Oregon on the road uh, in November. That can get interesting. And Colorado to wrap the season. Um, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I think this team probably is winning 10 games, worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, there's a couple tricky games on there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, it's a good pick for sure. Uh, as I, you may have guessed. Oh, go ahead. Go real ahead. quick, just also, you mentioned the Florida game. Um, is that week one? That is week one, yeah. Okay, I want you to real really quick. It's a good week one this year. Yeah, it is yeah. a good week one. I want you to real quick put yourself in Billy Napier's shoes when you see that that game is on the schedule. If you could, as a first-year head coach, at a taking over a program that I think most people would say the largest issue of the former tenure is that your players are soft and not very good at playing defense or tackling. 
um, <laughs> or being tackled. You are you are the new head coach at that kind of program. You're just starting to get your recruits in. You don't feel super confident in your quarterback because it's Jack Goddamn Miller. Um, <laughs> what is the- they are? I don't understand what's going on by the way because he is speaking glowingly about him in practices. Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I guess it's fine to just like yeah you have to lie sometimes as a coach <laughs> but um if you could yeah, pick... he's going out of his way to do it. it's not like he's being asked and being like yeah jack's pretty good you know he's like going out of his way to be like uh this kid's amazing <laughs> yeah this kid's yeah, unbelievable he's like, this guy, and he's, he's like, so he's, he's so healthy away. yeah he's he's, yeah. <laughs> he's incredible and he's really healthy and not hurt at all and what's cool too is he has a working class father who's not paying me to say uh-huh. this <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. He was an er- he deserved that five star and I can't believe they took it away from him. Um, yeah, but if you're- pretty funny that by the way, just just in terms of just media ethics here, yeah, just like every every guy in the beat in Ohio State beat just talking about like yeah, I stayed at the Camelback Resort, the hotel that Jack Miller's dad runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I was covering Jack Miller, no relation, no nothing to read into there yeah. whatsoever. Astonishingly, <laughs> when we have eighteen months of like Jack Miller's a serious contender to start at Ohio State. <laughs> uh-huh. Astonishingly, he isn't the uh dad of a of a uh, former or current ohio state quarterback who angrily dm'd me when i said that his son wasn't very good um so it's martell uh, or who no uh, this would have been kyle mccord's dad who when i said his son can only throw 80 miles per hour angrily dm'd me to say that that was ridiculous and then of course uh his son can only throw 80 miles per hour so uh who was yeah. right it's me not the dad of the guy um <laughs> but uh, quarterback dads you're, you're lucky you don't have as much time in the game as i did uh, i quarterback am dads in general right. <laughs> That's um, just some of the most odious people you can ever come across. Uh, anyway, just my, truly awful stuff. My yeah. my final point: if you're a new head coach in that circumstance, and you can you you have to you know worst possible team you could play in week one that's not like Alabama or a conference opponent. I think Utah is probably the answer. That is an absolute nightmare to have to play those guys in week one of a new tenure with a, a team that wasn't especially you know impressive in terms of a physicality for the last couple of years. That is not what you want. That is not the week one game you're looking for. It's like that or a triple option team are the nightmare scenarios. I don't know, man. I mean, it's like you're getting a home game against a team you're more talented than. Like, it's, they, it's not are, ideal. Are we sure that late-stage Dan Mullen roster is more talented than Utah? Are we confident in that? I'm not confident Yeah, I would in say that. so. I mean, it's not like it's not like a – it's obviously a slam-dunk win. I don't think Florida team will be favored. But actually, I wonder if there's an early line in that game. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm actually, I'm curious about this. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I watched – I watched Florida play last year, so I, I don't feel I don't feel especially good about Florida's chances in that game because I think Utah's good at football and Florida isn't yet. I think it will be under under Billy Napier, but I certainly don't have high hopes for this season. This feels like a seven and six kind of year. Uh, according to Odd Shark, uh, Utah is favored by a touchdown right now going to this game. Okay, um, it's obviously incredibly early, but. I don't know, man. I mean, like, yeah, it's not ideal, obviously, but there are a lot worse games you can get than a home game against like a Pac-12 team that, uh, you know, doesn't have it. I don't know. It's it's all right. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, Kyle Williams is a great coach. You're gonna win ten games. It's a good pick. It's a good value pick this late, um, middle rounds. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with basically uh, the same bet you're making, which is just a guy who's a really good fucking coach in a league that isn't really that difficult. Uh, I'll take Dave Aranda at Baylor, yep. Yep. Uh, beating his opponents. Um, in a year where like no one has a ton returning, I think I think Gundy has a fair bit coming back, uh, but obviously lost like half his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, Oklahoma lost their entire coaching staff, their quarter, both of their quarterbacks, like everything else. Uh, Texas is obviously Texas will never win a conference again. Yeah. Uh, 
just all these kind of things going on. Kansas is not ready to be fully operational Death Star yet a couple of years away. Uh, I think we can just look ahead and say that, I mean, Dave Aranda is the best coach in the conference, has a, I mean, he's the one of the three or four most talented teams in the conference. I think he's a good bet to make. I, yeah. I like putting my money in Dave Aranda here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty um, sure they'll be in the conference championship game, at least. I, I don't know who else would even, I mean, there's not a second team in the league that I'm particularly confident in. I Like one of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or Texas, I guess. Yeah, that just doesn't. which I mean, it, and I think I'm, he can I'm beat not going to go crazy here and, I'm not going to go crazy here and bet on uh, bet on Gundy to win the rivalry two years in a row, right? No, Let's not get crazy. <laughs> no, and I, I just like who. What is what is Oklahoma's schedule right now? Um, let me. Hold I, up. I have I've not looked at this yet. I haven't thought about Oklahoma football in quite some time. I'll be honest with you. Well, they're not going to be. I mean, people were posting uh, videos of Brent Venables coach the linebackers in practice. Like this uh-huh. is awesome. See this guy getting the degree. Like no, no, it's actually like the opposite of what you want out of a new coach. Of yeah. Just doing the same thing. And tremendously, coach and... a, a tremendously bad sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. UTEP and Kent this State is... uh, at home to open the season at Nebraska, Kansas State at home at TCU. Let me go on the record right here. Brett Venables is going to lose to Nebraska, oh God. and people in Oklahoma are going to lose their fucking minds. Oh God! And Link, and 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 uh, what's the co- Scott Frost going to get a contract extension off of that? Uh, and everyone's going to immediately get a regret. Ah, uh, one of those games that makes everyone mad. Those are my favorites. I do, I do <laughs> love one of those games. Um, Kansas State at home at TCU, Texas, um, Kansas at home at Iowa State. They they're going to lose that one. I don't think Iowa State's going to be very good. They're going to lose that game. They lose that game. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure this will be the time Matt Matt Campbell really comes through on the big game. Dude, big he game does this playoff. every fucking year to these guys. He beats them every year. He no, <laughs> this is not on a Thursday year. night in Ames. Oklahoma's going to lose that game by fifty. They're coming off a of bye week. So <laughs> they're fucking they're Oklahoma. They can't beat Iowa State. No chance. They have Baylor Iowa the State next sucks. week. They have Baylor at home the next week. They're going to blow that game by just the, it's going to be the worst game blowing you've ever seen. They're going to absolutely fucking shank it. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it. It's not camp. I'll bet against every time. Anyway, Baylor at home at West Virginia, uh, Oklahoma State, and then at Texas Tech. I think they're probably going to lose to Baylor, um, Iowa State, and then maybe one more as well. Um, Also, I mean, they don't have a fucking quarterback. What am I saying? They're (laughs) they're relying on... on, um, on Dylan Gabriel to be healthy, and that's not a good bet to make. That is not the bet that you want to be making if you are a uh, a college football team in 2022. Yeah, in fact, it's like one of the least desirable bets in all of sports. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's not a bet that you, it's generally speaking, you don't want to uh, be betting on the guy who broke his collarbone last year to not have a broken collarbone anymore. It's a hard injury to not have. Yeah, yeah, it is true. It's absolutely true. Um, Man, I have no idea who I'm going to pick next. I have really, this is like kind of my last pick. I was confident. <laughs> I have a bunch of other guys listed here. Yeah. Uh, absolutely none of them make me feel good. Uh, <laughs> there's like a few guys left that are still like just generally top 15 coaches that are safe to bet on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that I want any of them this season. Hmm. This feels bad. Um, <laughs> Five more to go. <laughs> <laughs> let me take another guy who i think has a chance to win 10 games win the conference uh let's get dana holgerson okay yep he was uh he was he was pretty high on my board i i gotta i gotta be honest with you i like that pick i i was i was tempted to go with dana with my next pick i i mean i think they have to be the favorites in the aac right now right they do they do get utsa week one which is not oh. awesome oh. uh <laughs> 
They start off, the, here's the start to their season. Just not three games you'd love to see. And I wish I would have read this before I picked. Uh, at UTSA, at Texas Tech versus Kansas. That's, I mean, what probably. You don't love that start to the year. It's probably uh, two and one, I would think. I think they went two of those. Yeah, two and one. Oh, okay. I thought you said, I think so they went one. No. Um, yeah, well, uh, feel bad with that. I, I really don't feel good about any of these picks, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, turn you, it over you, to you. bring back Clayton, too, and you have a, a what should be a really good offense. <laughs> Defense was excellent last year. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's that that crazy of a pick. I, I'm pretty confident they're going to win the American because of what Cincinnati loses. There is also, yeah. of course, the, the non-zero chance that Cincinnati's just fucking awesome again because Luke Fickle's a really it good football true. coach. Um, yeah. And I don't know that losing Desmond Ritter is all that major a, an issue, especially when they have Ben Bryant coming back from Eastern Michigan where they sent him on loan seemingly for two years. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I, I think that that's... I have talked. I've talked myself out of it, but I do like the Dana pick. I think that I think Houston's going to be good this year. Um, I'm going to go. Here's where I'm at. Oh, sorry, just to cut you off before you go. Sure. I think there are three or four guys who are top 15 coaches left on the board, and I don't find any of them desirable as picks. Who are the three or four that's left in your in your? Well, top I'm not going to just read off. My no, list no, not either, off but... your big board. Who are the top 15 coaches like that you that you think of as top 15 coaches who are not desirable? Well, that's just telling you the same thing you're asking for. Okay, now you just did you just list out like your top fifteen favorite? Did you not play it out like I did? I, I had Kalani Satake. No, no, no I played one. it out. No, of course <laughs> I played it out via picks, but I'm just looking at my board, and I'm like, there's a few other guys left I could take. And I'm like, yeah, but there's also guys X, Y, and Z who aren't really high on my board, yeah. but who are just better coaches and just bet on them to be competent and and you know figure out how to get to nine games like that. Um, you know, we'll see. Let's let's see what you do, and I'll, I'll kind of pick from there. Yeah. So these these next two picks, I I will admit it is starting to get into difficult territory here. I have, I think one that I feel pretty good about here with this, with this next one. But after that, man, I, I really don't know. The one that I'm, I feel fairly good about here is Thomas Hammock uh, at, at NIU, who I don't, I don't love, again, I don't love picking the defending champion to again, win the championship, especially when they did it with like eight close wins, but I do love Eastern Illinois at Tulsa, Vanderbilt and at Kentucky in the non-conference because that's three wins right there. And I, I do feel very good about that for a Mac team, especially because their road games are ball state, Eastern Michigan, Ohio, and uh, Western Michigan in the league. That's not bad at all. Uh, Western Michigan and Ohio are going to be really bad this year. I don't think Ball State's going to be very good. Eastern Michigan's really the only one of the bunch that I'm especially concerned about. They get Central Michigan at home. They get Miami at home. They get Toledo at home. This is a 10-2 and or an 11-1 team to me. I think they're going to win the MAC honestly fairly easily um, as, I, as I look at it more. They have a, a returning veteran quarterback. They have what should be a really good rushing attack. Defense should take a step forward. It's it's just sort of like the Bill Clark pick, but I, I think that it's um it's it's similar in terms of how confident I am in their ability to win the league. I, I think that that's a uh, I don't know if it's like a slam dunk, but I it's it's I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, it's valid. I mean, the Mac is just the margins are so thin that I can always feel anxious picking a team there. Sure, you know, like the talent margins you're working with are just never going to be very extreme unless you're talking about like. You know, some of those uh, Toledo and Western Michigan teams from the earlier half of last decade, uh, just when you had good coaches there. But, well, the coaches also Matt Campbell. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tricky stuff, man, tricky stuff. I, I think he's a really good coach. Again, a guy who I think is probably a top 20 to 30 coach of college football, but not 
it's just tough, just all or nothing bad. I mean, obviously you're going to find value in the G5. It's kind of your, it's your spot. I yeah. totally get it. It makes sense in a lot of ways. I just don't know if I'm as comfortable doing that as you are. Yeah, I'm going to stay in the G5 here. I'm going to move to the Big Ten West. I'm going to take Paul Christ out of uh, <laughs> out of Wisconsin. I've written Paul Wisconsin on the list. That is not that's not his name. Um, this guy sucks. He's a bad football coach. He's going to win 12 oh, yeah. games. Like, stinks big time. Stinks to high heaven. He's going to win 12 games and go to the Big Ten Championship game. There's nothing else over there. Doesn't matter. He's going to win 12 games. Doesn't need to be a good coach. Who gives a shit? There's the, it's what is it? PJ Fleck? Is Spencer Petras gonna stop him? Uh, no. How much have you looked at his schedule? I don't care. He's in the Big Ten West. It doesn't matter. He's gonna win twelve games. Well, he, he does play Ohio State on the road week four. Okay. Um does he play any he teams Michigan's... in the Big Ten West? <laughs> he's gonna get I've got, I agree he's gonna win eight or nine games for sure, minimum. He does play Iowa and Nebraska on the road back to back in November. Not great for him. What are we? What he are we doing? What, what are we doing here with Nebraska? What's going on with Nebraska? Have you? What are we? What are we playing we'll do, at? We'll, here? Be, we'll be talking about this late into the year. What's going on with all this? I'm, I'm, I'm betting the whole Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year it all turns around. You're slipping that one by me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year for good old scott frost just you wait and see you're buying low on scott i think he's gonna uh-huh. turn it around <laughs> that's right um well i mean i don't know like here, here's the thing though mm-hmm. you don't think paul chris is good right like you think paul chris sucks no i mean i'm yeah i mean i'm, I'm correct and <laughs> I, I have the correct opinion about paul chris which is that he's not a very good football coach yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, he also doesn't have a talent advantage most of these games. Yes, he does. Yes, he absolutely I guess, I guess the Big Ten West, yeah, yeah. I guess those games, sure, sure. But, like, the rest of the schedule, like, Illinois State, that's pretty much an even-to-even game. <laughs> <laughs> there are, oh, man, there are, I fucking hate Wisconsin. Wisconsin's so fun to make fun of. They suck so bad. There are two games on this schedule that they could even think about losing, and they're against Ryan Day and Mel Tucker. I'm not worried about it. I'm fine. It's I'm I'm hanging out with regards to Paul Chris not being a very good football coach. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's not like he's facing off against schematic experts here. He's got he's got two coaches on the schedule who have more talent than he does, and they're Ryan Day and Mel Tucker. I'm not worried about it. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I do in fact <laughs> hear what you're saying. Um, hmm. All right, I want to make a pick. I, I will be roasted for on the internet. I yep. simply have to do it at this point. There is no choice but to pick Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Um, his schedule is unbelievable. As Michigan's schedule always is, just played absolute dog shit in the non-con. Uh, leading off the season, three back-to-back against Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. Uh, they follow that up with Maryland at home. Uh, by the way, love the September homecoming game. That's great. Yep. Um, they have followed up by Iowa and Indiana on the road. Iowa's going to be terrible this year, despite whatever people tell you in the preseason polls. Uh, Penn State at home, bye week, Sparty at home, at Rutgers, Nebraska at home, Illinois at home. They're going to be 11-0 going for that Ohio State game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so, fair. I'll take 11 wins in a top 15 class minimum uh, this late in the game. I think we probably both should have not let him slip. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest well, with you. I forgot to include him on my list. Didn't think about him. <laughs> probably should have. Didn't think about him. I was honestly, I was thinking just, and I still do think this, like with how much they lost in that defense, it's going to be pretty difficult to do what they did last year. But then it's like, look at everyone else they have to play. Uh, and it gets a little easier to imagine how it goes. Um, 
man, this feels bad. Uh, and he was also one of the guys I was talking about. He's a top 15 okay. coach. Yeah. Pretty easy schedule. Sure. Um, oh, man. Gee whiz. It's uh, a rough group. Hmm. It's a rough group that's left. Yeah. Let me just... Uh, hmm. Well, I'll just take... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I want at all. Oh, uh, conference level very low right now. Well, you've been in a top 10 class in a conference championship game birth. Uh, no, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. Um, <laughs> I feel terrible about this. Whoever I had to pick next. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm flipping a coin between Brent Venables and James Franklin. Jesus uh, Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> How much have you lost on a coin flip? <laughs> <laughs> um, God damn it. Yeah, I guess let me get Brent Venables. I'll bet against Mike Gundy. Okay, yeah, sure. I mean, that's a, listen, that's a rivalry win. That's two additional points right there. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> I don't really know how to sell Brent Venables. I don't think he's a very good football coach, and I don't think Oklahoma has a whole lot of talent. You're sort of out on a limb here. Uh, can I? Uh... No, it's on the board. Uh, yeah, well, My also God. there appears to be sorry, – sorry, this is not a fake report as far as I can tell. Yeah. It appears that Arkansas State's basketball coach has resigned yeah. to work for the corporate arm of Embassy Suites. Uh-huh. I saw that. Are we are we saying that this is what Brent Venables should do? Is this our advice to Brent? <laughs> no, I'm just bringing it up to distract from my pick. Yeah. I'm just looking to get the heat off of me. Yeah, he froze. Uh, also, my, big my... news today, the uh, the new trailer for Top Gun Maverick came mm-hmm. out. My guy hasn't moved in 40 minutes. Um, all right. I... I uh... Oh, man. Yeah, this list is real nasty. This is not a good list that I have left on the board here. Um, I'm going to... Uh, Jesus Christ. I'm going to double up on uh, on the CUSA here. One of them's going to win the CUSA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Jeff Trailer. One of them's going to win the fucking thing. It's not going to be anybody else. It's certainly not going to be Tyson Hilton. Um, give me give me Jeff Trailer, I guess. I, I He's going to win like 10 or 11 games. I feel pretty good about that. I don't think anybody's going to generate a whole lot more points than that at this point uh, on the board. And so, yeah, give me Jeff Trailer. And uh, I, I, I say that with a whole lot more confidence than I actually have. I, I, I think he's a pretty – I think he's a good coach. I just I, – I think it's probably a 10-win season there, and that's not – not amazing value. I don't expect they're going to finish ranked. Um, and then, oh man, what is this? Is this my last pick? No, I have. No, one. you I have, have uh, one more after this one. You have this one or one more. So this this league from which I'm about to pick is, this league. You're this a this league, league guy. I'm a this league guy, but I am th- <laughs> I'm a this league guy for the Sun Belt. Um, uh-huh. th- this league, you literally are that guy. <laughs> I am that guy. I am, I'm not joking. Is it, this is one where I there's not a slam dunk pick because I don't think that there's one distinctly great team. There are a couple teams that I I like and that I feel pretty good about, but that I'm not extremely confident in. Um, this of the teams that are in this league is the one that returns, I think the most talent. They are also going to lose a pair of power five non-conference games uh, at the beginning of the season. Although one of them is North Carolina. So maybe not, Uh, but I'm going to take Sean Clark at Appalachian state uh, who I, I just 
I think is most likely to win the Sun Belt this season and who I, I feel best about coming into the year. Louisiana has a new coach. Coastal Carolina returns like 30% of its production. The None of the new teams stand out to me as being amazing slam dunk title contenders from the jump. Marshall's the best of the bunch, and they're still, I mean, they're relying on a Texas Tech transfer at quarterback, which is not something you want to be doing very often. And then, you know, elsewhere, Georgia State, I don't feel great about. South Alabama, I don't feel great about. And so it's just, there's not a not an obvious pick here. So I'm going to say Sean Clark and, uh, and Appalachian State as the Sunbelt team that I feel the least bad about, essentially, coming into this season with, you know, the, the, the production turning over. I think that they're probably a safe bet for nine or ten wins and, and likely the, the, at least my favorite to win their, uh, their division and probably the league. Yeah, it's a safe bet. Um, I think it makes sense. I do think there's, of course, the Chadwell possibility, but yeah. um, probably the amount that they're losing. It makes sense. Is, Look, I mean, yeah, I mean, for you with me, just going with me going at 100% besides Dana uh, P5, it does make sense for you to mop up the G5 basically and get all the possible value you can. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And this is not me adapting on the fly. This is how my list broke out. I think like eight of my top 10 are, are G5 guys. Yeah, I think I'm also going to end up with, what is it here? I'm going to end up with eight of my top 11 uh, or no, seven of my top 11 yeah. uh, on my board. Uh, so I think we probably both got who we wanted. We just wanted different guys had different drafting strategies. Yeah. Um, I, uh, let me think here. I'm trying to think uh, how to say that. Who do I want? Yeah. Let's just go. Let's just fuck it. I'm going to take, <laughs> I'm going to take two more guys that I think are top 15 coaches and just have some value at this point. Yep. Or at least one of them is I will take James Franklin with my ninth pick. Um, look at that schedule. It's very soft. They get week one at Purdue week two, uh, Ohio at home week three at Auburn. That's three P three G five teams from here (laughs) followed up by followed up by central Michigan. (laughs) By the way, my, my new bit, I think I'm getting to this season is just fucking hating Auburn. I really don't like Auburn. Yeah. I'm sick of them. Get them out of here. I'm really tired of Auburn. I, I do not. Storyline. I'll, I'll tell. I do not at all appreciate the whole "oh, Auburn's crazy" thing. Yeah, be normal. What's it's wrong with you? It's fucking annoying. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> not an interesting school. Uh, most famous alumni are Bo Jackson and Charles Barkley, two guys who are bad for the bald community, make us all look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, nothing good going on down there. I don't want. I, I guess I know two Auburn alumni who I like as people. Uh, but besides that, uh, probably three, I'll go, I'll go three. I'll be generous. Okay. Um, hmm. generally an unappetizing school. Yeah. One of the most overrated rivalries in college football. Auburn is barely an Alabama rival. They just, they just invented that last like 20 years. Just started making that up. It's not a real rivalry. Um, not interested, not interesting school. Yeah. Um, and it's going to beat their ass. Anyway, after them, they have central Michigan, Northwestern, then a bye week and on the road at Michigan, Minnesota at home, Ohio State at home, Indiana on the road, Maryland at home, Rutgers on the road, Michigan State at home. Yeah. That's a nine or ten win schedule. Yeah, sure. How are you going to respond when Jim McElwain does beat James Franklin running his exact offense? How what what is gonna be <laughs> what's gonna be your feeling on that? Well, here's the for me, this is an emotional hedge, right? Because if I'm right and James Franklin wins 10 games, it's like cool, I, I'm gonna win the coach draft because that's yeah. easy points. If he loses, it reaffirms my thing of James Franklin sucks as a bad guy and mm-hmm. you should dislike him. Yeah. Just um, not, not a good dude. Speaking yeah. of bad guys who suck and really aren't that good at coaches, but who I'm going to take anyway, um, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take Mike Gundy. 
Okay. Uh, I'll just take basically winning the Big 12 as a guarantee between having – I have Dave Aranda, uh, Brett Venables, and Mike Gundy, Dude, so I'll when, just plan when, on winning the Big 12. When Sarkeesian wins it, you're going to be so mad. I'm going to be so pissed <laughs> the off. Only, the, the top five. The only two. outcome would, that would be funnier is Iowa State winning it. It's <laughs> Yeah, for sure, which is just, uh, of course, functionally impossible. Yeah, no, they're not going to, but it would be extremely funny if after the like the extremely hyped season where they end up disappointing significantly, they get some shit-ass quarterback in there and they immediately go 10-2 and and win the Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Quinn Ewers is going to throw for 5,000 yards this season. That's absolutely what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, they have Brendan Marion down there coaching receivers. They have Savior Worthy. Uh, I mean, they don't have a defense. I guess they have, what, Pete Kwiatkowski is running the defense against still? Kwiatkowski? Yeah. Um, that didn't go great for I, I just last year, but maybe. I don't really respect the Polish people, so it's hard to. It's hard, it's to, hard, yeah, it's hard to divorce that from your opinions on Texas. <laughs> Famously, a Polish stalwart. <laughs> well, Kwiatkowski is one of the most Polish names of all time. He has yeah. to be Polish. Yeah. Well, and you know, Austin, they uh, always say it's the, the Polish capital of America. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> always saying that. They're polishing something, I'll tell you that. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to keep Austin weird. That's that's all my that's all my team's going for here. Mm-hmm. I think. Look, I'm looking at my 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 team. And I don't really like many of these coaches, but I do think I have some. I don't know. I have a good. We got a. We both got a good list here. Uh, there's just a lot of guys out there who. There's one. There's one top ten coach left. Who's just absolutely not going to get picked. Uh-huh. There's no chance you're picking Brian Kelly, right? Just no, no shot. Goodness, no, goodness, no. He's going to go seven and five. I like. I agree. He's going to go seven and five, yeah, and also all the recruits coach. are going to hate him. Yeah, I agree yeah. that he's a top ten coach, but also this is not. I don't think the year for for Brian Kelly. If you're doing this, no. I do like that your board does. It looks like one of those fucking the R.J. Young top ten coaches boards. <laughs> like it's you know, wow, uh, Kirby Smart, Dabo Swinney, Lincoln. Right? You know, you're you're doing the Joel Clapp bit where he doesn't include Nick Saban for some reason. You know, for some like just right. completely. <laughs> insane he has some reasoning for it but it doesn't make any sense and so it gets like eight hundred thousand quote retweets from people who are just doing the easiest dunk of all time um that's yeah what it's it's something like uh joe Klatt's doing a list that has like an asterisk at the bottom where it's like top 10 coaches to college football who live in cities that have not been hit by tornadoes the last yeah like yeah that. uh and people, <laughs> top, yeah. top 10 coaches and then in the smallest parentheses of all time who get no pussy <laughs> just like what what <laughs> Why would you do it like that? A word? <laughs> Why would you group it like that? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, I'm, and then I'm like, I'm the Ohio State fan in the comments is irate and find like, source, source, like literally like source. What's your source? Why they get so much ass, dude? What's your source? <laughs> Top two coach and he's not two. Exclamation point emoji, dove emoji. Going crazy. Dude, on we, we literally, I cannot wait until you and I launch our next one. <laughs> Our next venture of having a podcast with Sam Block. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm so excited for it. I mean, it's just he, he, you know, he really does. He does have that dog in him. He does bring that heat, and you got to respect that. Oh yeah, just one of the guys who's just absolutely posting his way through at all times. Gonna gonna release like 27 different lists of who the greatest Ohio State like uh, offensive guards of all time are. This a single off season. He's gonna <laughs> update it every two weeks. Oh my god! Number one, Thayer Munford with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> what a, he's one of the best Twitter accounts of all time. Yeah. Like Big Game Boomer does not have that kind of juice. No, because Big 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 Game Boomer knows he knows that he's in on the bit. He's doing a bit right. Like he he does not he doesn't really he doesn't really play it up in the way that I think you you really frankly you have to. 
um, at, at this level. He just doesn't do that. But but Sam, Sam's going nuts. Sam believes this shit. Sam posted a couple days ago after the Oscars thing that the only Will Smith on his mind is the former Ohio State player who died in 2016. He Did believe- he actually post that? Yes. Yes, he actually... Oh, man. That's... <laughs> How did no one send that to me? It was that's here, one of the best tweets of all time. One second, let me let me pull it up. Let me. <laughs> it was. I was having an extremely good time uh, looking at this. Looking at this. Oh no, I'm reading it right now. I know the actor Will Smith is trending today. Quote quote. Dot dot dot. But all I'm thinking about is the football player Will Smith. Really hope the Buckeye legend is resting in peace. Heart emoji, <laughs> dove emoji. <laughs> 30 35 likes fucking out here absolutely crushing it uh yeah and you know he's just sitting there jerry just sitting at his computer and whatever you know hovel he's in a new jersey yeah. oh man this one doing numbers um oh my god that's so cool <laughs> if you're also if you're listening to this one of our guys don't don't reply no, to him P don't engage with him cool. anyway <laughs> let him just do his thing we like to watch him afar don't yeah. don't send this to him let my man cook let my man cook it's fine i have no issue with what he's doing i think it's very funny it's much better than what the the fucking groveling repeat beat reporters are doing where they're it's essentially this but with more words just fucking say this just do this it's fine just do yeah. this i don't just care. post like just post ryan day built different yeah uh, you just... don't need to be like uh you know me thinks from watching practice that the linebackers are gonna be really good this year shut the fuck up just post like sam block God at least he just it. says you have it. to be careful uh, I, I don't I, do you think we would talk less about Ohio State if, like, there were more than, like, five guys who were cool on the beat? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I like, certainly if the would beat talk was less annoying, we, I think we probably could, couldn't help ourselves. Most of my Ohio State opinions are out of spite for the people on the beat. Like, that's... <laughs> It's, it's yeah it's once usually... again we are haters first that is our yeah. that is our role yeah um anyway my last pick is luke fickle <laughs> I, I figure okay I should, cool i figure i should probably yeah. make my last pick here I'm, I'm basically betting against um that makes sense again he's he was the other guy who's a top 15 coach who was still available yeah um, uh I, i'm i'm betting essentially against uh you know dana holgerson in a big game that's that's my my yeah my i mean very valid yeah yeah uh <laughs> is that luke fickle despite having you know, a, a less talented team than he had last year is, you know, the program structure is good enough. And, and I think that the quarterback play is going to be good and, uh, and that he can win a big game against Daniel Holgerson, which is really what this season is going to come down to for Cincinnati. Um, and so, yeah, Luke Fickle, pretty much the same pick as like a, a Sean Clark or a Jeff trailer where I, I feel fairly good about his ability to win the conference or at least compete for it. I'm pretty sure they're going to get nine or 10 wins. Um, and so, yeah, Luke Fickle. There's. And, not, I mean, he has. I mean, he also has an outside shot at a top ten recruiting class. It's not actually not even that crazy to think of. It's it's unlikely, but it is possible. Yeah. What are they What are they doing right it's now? It's probably not going to happen in twenty. They're like uh, I think fifteenth. Okay. Let's see. They're uh, yeah. They're ranked exactly fifteenth. That was yeah. crazy. I was off the dome. Uh, they recruiting average. They're probably like in the mid twenties. Okay. Um, we only have five commits so far. It's pretty early goings. Uh, also, USC currently, just right above them, they only have three commits. Current average, player average of 99.36. Yeah, they, they only have three five, five stars. stars yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, they have Malachi Nelson, Zachariah Branch, and uh, Makai Lemon. Did you see the... Um, uh, the... Makai Lemon is also, yeah, I don't know if you know, he is Don Lemon's son. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Just, just, it's actually Liz Lemon's uh-huh. son. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> did you see the thing, not to go, not to 
talk about college football or recruiting too much, but did you see the 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 thing about the um the kid, the quarterback who committed to Tennessee like a week after that article ran at the Athletic saying that a, a five star <laughs> had just gotten eight million dollars and was expected to commit soon, and he's the only five star who has committed in like four months. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh Nico Amalavea, right? I'm sure I'm saying that name wrong. We're all trying uh, to figure out who it is that got eight million dollars. It could be anybody. <laughs> uh yeah pretty great stuff and also like what all of the five stars this a really weird quarterback here i don't yeah. know like there are a bunch of guys who are five stars but i'm not sure any of them are actually that good uh that's my new that's my new new guy I'm, i think my new thing is being the guy who thinks every player is bad yeah the only yeah that's i mean they just don't have that arch manning does not have that dog in him silver spoon doesn't have the dog absolutely not a dog no chance of the dog played against little competition down there in Louisiana. Yeah. Not serious. Not a serious dude. It's not a serious state when it comes to football. They don't take football seriously out there. And so I think that that's the big no, issue don't. that you have to ask with, with, with him is, is he playing against high school coaches who will drive themselves insane because they lost a high school football game? And I just don't think he is. Louisiana does not frankly, care about football like that. And, and that's the problem is the difference between Louisiana and the other rest of the South is yeah. that, uh, of course, Louisiana uh, serves the one true faith of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. It's just too dedicated to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to worry yeah. about football. Yeah, um, they're less worried about spraying around the ball more about spreading the word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, yeah, <laughs> that's the number one also branch of of Christianity that I think of when I think of uh, you know being evangelical is the Catholics and no other right no other groups. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not worried about carrying the rock. They're worried about Jesus carrying the cross on his back <laughs> the, the, the hill. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, (laughs) they're not worried about catching touchdowns they're worried about catching blessings Patrick Uh uh-huh do you Uh, have any other ones there yeah uh you're worried about the 40 yards of the two red zones we're at the 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus waited in the desert for (laughs) to (laughs) to beat the the temple (laughs) you're worried about raining buckets to their team don't worry about the rains that precede the floods when Uh Noah saved us all the animals Uh That's why they had to fire Ed Orgeron. He wasn't Louisiana enough because he the the most Mm -hmm. Louisiana man is Catholic. Everybody knows that. That's right. That's right. Um, Everybody who has a direct line to the NCAA for every story that they write knows exactly about this. They love to report on how Louisiana is actually (laughs) really Catholic, and they really care a lot about that at LSU. That their head coach is fucking Catholic. Yeah, Yeah. it's really important to them. (laughs) That's why people. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, uh, JFK was actually. Uh, planning to uh, cut the CIA's funding so he could uh, increase LSU's funding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why he was assassinated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, said, he said, no more of this three-letter organization. I have another one in mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly, I bet we can get that going on a, on a uh-huh. message board somewhere of a guy who said he like knew someone who's in Dallas that day and yeah. he was a big A&M fan, but I uh, had heard this about LSU <laughs> and was passing along. It seems pretty good. We can get that rolling. Oh, man. I can, I ended up on message boarding as a guy who has zero brain power and cannot tell sarcasm apart from, from reality. Yeah. Um, I've listened. It's I... tough because th- those guys serve valuable functions. Like we do need a guy who's just is posting screen caps, message boards all the time. Yeah. But he needs to have a bigger than a goldfish brain that message boarding is currently working with. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Could you can you believe that when Brian Kelly was hired, every single outlet wrote like three thousand words about how he was actually a great fit for LSU because everyone there is a country club Catholic. What the fuck are you people talking about? <laughs> what is going on? What are we doing? <laughs> Everybody was just like, yeah, "Oh yeah, I'm that down, makes I'm sense." I'm down here to buy you. We gave up uh, Greta for Lamp. Uh, that's, that's all, that's all that was going. like the reasoning everybody was like oh yeah this makes total sense because lsu needs a uh, country club coach who's catholic what what are you guys talking it, about I, I think it'd be cool if everyone else wrote an article about like how uh all of louisiana is just like true detective season one uh-huh. <laughs> that's why brian kelly's a good fan yeah <laughs> yes he, he has a lot of relations to the yellow king <laughs> that's where he sells jesus <laughs> I mean, he does. Um, yeah, he does. Yeah, people don't—they don't realize that, but that's, uh, that's how he got into coaching <laughs> in the first place. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Brian Kelly's like waiting for you, waiting for the recruits, like in the in the new revamped locker room. He's just whispering, uh-huh. "Come and die with me, little priest." <laughs> uh, that's what that's what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, besides the coaches we took, who else was on your board that we did not select? Uh, let's see here. Um, I had Tyson Helton which would have been sort of the other hedge pick in the CUSA had I not taken the two good coaches. Um, Jim McElwain, which is, I think, number two in the MAC. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have Mel Tucker on here, but not Jim Harbaugh, which is interesting. I think that I literally just forgot about Jim Harbaugh because I, I, I would have put Jim Harbaugh there instead. Um, I did have Brian Kelly and then Dave Doran, who is probably going to win 10 games. I just I have no confidence at all in, in them winning the two yeah. games that they actually play that matter, which is, you know, Clemson, and then presumably one other one that would hold them out of the the ACC title game. Um, who else did you have? Uh, I also had Brian Kelly, Dave Dorn, and Mel Tucker. Um, also on my list were Mario Cristobal, okay. uh, just based on the punch recruiting crowd. In fact, ACC sucks, uh, but honestly, decide against that because he is Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Um, I have Dave Clawson on my list, just betting he'll figure out a way to win nine games despite losing everybody. Sure. Uh, but didn't feel comfortable on that. And then my other one was Lane Kiffin. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, again, didn't really want to pull the trigger there, but going to recruit well, going to win some games, going to win probably eight games minimum. Uh, but I just had other coaches had higher ceilings and kind of higher floors too. So do love Lane, though. I am high on Lane. Real quick, um, I, I do want to ask you just because just it has, as I look at this list of coaches and I think about Lane Kiffin, and this has flashed across my mind. Um, functionally, what is the difference between Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley, and Ryan Day? Um, well, Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day recruit better or at least have, uh, gotten better do jobs. They, do they, yeah, uh, I was going to say, do they recruit better or are they, are they with schools that recruit better? Well, I think they've also, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, they probably are more adaptive in game play callers. Like I, I really like, uh, Lane Kiffin, but he doesn't seem to adjust to the game flow as well as uh, other coaches do. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Day's had some real fucking stinkers out there, as has Lincoln Riley, but more often than not, those guys would find a way to put up 40 game every game. Yeah. Uh, you you can shut Lane down if you put up the right game plan. Like, he, he, he just really doesn't also have, like, the offensive line a lot of years. I realize as I'm saying this, this is also things that play uh, Ryan Day and, mm-hmm. and Lincoln Riley, but they're just a little bit better at than Lane is. Um, and I think what's also important here is Lane is probably not as consistent week to week. He still is a little bit like childish. Yeah. And I think probably just doesn't have like the consistency week to week these guys have. Like, I mean, I, I can't imagine Day or, or Riley going like under 10 games in a season, like sure. uh, anytime soon. 
I yeah I I think that that's I I think the consistency is probably the answer. I do also think that if you put Lane Kiffin at USC, Oklahoma, or Ohio State, he would win a national title, which Lincoln and Ryan Day have not yet done. Um, uh, I don't know about I, that. I, I think I mean, he would it, do it pretty quickly. I like I like Lane. I think we're going to find out pretty soon. Right? I think yeah. like I mean yeah. he's the next up for these jobs. Like there's no I mean. What are, it's what, him, Luke Fickle, it's Dave Aranda are like Luke, the next crop of guys getting I, those jobs. I mean, Luke Fickle's not taking those. There's one job that Luke Fickle's going to take, but um, right, two, it, no, maybe three. <laughs> no, it's just the one. He already turned down two. He already, he already said no to I, number two. I think it's a little more complex than that. I mean, we, if you talk about Notre Dame, yeah, I think the answer is that it wasn't that he said no to Notre Dame. That he said, "I'm playing out this playoff run," and no, Notre he, Dame said, "We can't." He did say no. He he did he did say no. Um, I, I think pretty much. Are outright. you reporting that? Do you have that? Do you have that reported? I'm not the one reporting that, but it seems to have been. It's been kind of motioned to and said. Um, yeah, I, I think I, he I, did I, pretty I much know, tell like, them no. Well, did he did he say outright to Notre Dame no never or did he say like I want to finish out my playoff run and see what happens? And Notre Dame said well, we need someone to recruit right now. And he said, "Tough luck." I mean, is there like a, I think he a, walked under those conditions. But that's different than functional to the job forever. Is there a functional difference there? I mean, I guess that yeah, for that sure. The job could come open again, but he did. I mean, say saying that you're not interested at that moment to Notre Dame, knowing that they're going to hire a coach if you they, if it's not you, is I think the same as saying no. I don't I don't think it's a it's a major difference. I, I think it's distinct that you're not willing to have a playoff run for your team. Like that, that's that to me is different than saying no outright. Like sure, I think I under mean, the right circumstances he would have taken another name. I also think if the right circumstances occur in the future, he would also take Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. Penn State's harder to sell. That one's a little tougher for me, but yeah, it's I mean, two maybe three jobs. I think he'd say yes to under what, the right what about what about three playoff runs deep at in the Big Twelve where they're bringing in top ten classes consistently? It, well, at that point, what is the What's the point? Why not? Why not? It's just, just the highest. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just I, highest I, what is, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Well, I, I don't I think guess, I don't think it's easy to say he's going to have. Like I like him a lot, but if I, Dave Aranda and Kalani Sataki are staying put at their schools, like I don't think playoff runs every year is going to be as easy as we think for Luke Fickle. No, but I think it'll be pretty. I, I I think that it is going to be more common than it would be at Penn State or Michigan. If I'm being honest, I mean that's probably true. They've done yeah. it once, and the Big Twelve I think has done it more than once. Um, Maybe it maybe it hasn't actually. <laughs> Think about it. What Oklahoma's gone twice, three times, something like that. Uh, Oklahoma's gone. Well, they have. Let's let's see. Uh, they certainly haven't done a whole lot once they're in there. I think they've gone three or four times. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, Oklahoma has played. Oh, when did start? Twenty fourteen. Um, one, two, three, two. Three, four, uh, four times, yeah, yeah, four in a row. And then, no, sorry, four out of five uh, from twenty fifteen through twenty nineteen. Yeah, and then not since. I forgot they beat the shit out of Florida at the Cotton Bowl a couple years ago. They sure did. Yeah, they sure they sure did beat <laughs> the hell out of Florida. They beat the hell out of Alabama not that long ago in a bowl game too. Um, that was like the that, they did that quite a few times, if I recall correctly. Well, I think what you're, well, I don't know if they beat the hell out of Alabama. The, I don't uh, know if they beat the hell out of them, but I remember it was the Trevor Knight game. They, um, they beat them in 2013 in the Sugar Bowl, is what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. They, all, they did. Wasn't there another? Am I like just totally memory holding something? I swear to God, there's like any play Alabama in a bowl game. I know they played them in the playoff and lost, but I thought they played them. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I must have just totally made up a game in my head. Uh, I mean, you watched Ohio State play against Alabama in 2020. It's the same thing. Um, 
I guess it maybe you were thinking uh-huh. of that. That's pretty good. Yeah, could be that one. Um, <laughs> maybe that one. Maybe, uh, that, maybe it was that one. Yeah, no. I, I, regardless, I don't. I don't know if I would include Fickle in that group, but Aranda certainly, and and Kiffin certainly. Um, I don't really know what jobs are going to open next cycle. I haven't thought about it. I, I mean, Nebraska. Um, Nebraska next is, cycle could be. A, that's not a good job. I don't yeah. think Nebraska. Um, could be Saban retiring. No. Which Lane, Lane Kiffin would be the one who takes that. I don't think I think it's yeah. too soon. Yeah, I, I mean I, Auburn could open up, which I don't think Lane leaves for either. Um, yeah. Tennessee won't fire Hypo yet. No, I, um, I think Tennessee's pretty happy, pretty pretty happy with with uh, Apple. Pretty happy with Hypo. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, um, are there any jobs? Yeah, man, Blue Bloods are going to be set for a yeah, little bit. Maybe Florida State. It. Florida State. Mm, maybe it seems like they're sort of they're they're not in a great spot right now because they're paying um you know Taggart's buyout currently and they also would have to pay another buyout and uh, money is not real for these programs but I don't know if they would love to fire two coaches within like two or three years back to back that's not a great reflection on you as a as an employer uh in in this sport I suppose it again yeah. it's it's all made up this is merit bad shit but I I do think that there's something to be said for for that is something that these programs convince themselves is important um Michigan's not going to open unless Harbaugh gets an NFL job. I, I guess Michigan could open, but Lane's not going to go to Michigan. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not there's not a ton. Yeah, so it's pretty set right mind. now. I mean, like, yeah, I really don't see any guys that are leaving anytime soon. Um, I mean, is it possible Marcus Freeman flames out in two years or something? I guess I guess that's an option. Yeah, um, Lane at Notre Dame. That seems unlikely. Lane at Notre Dame yeah. is very fun to think about. That's that is really funny to think about. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh... Sark is always two years away from losing his job. Ooh, um, that might be the that honestly that might be the pick. If Lane goes like nine or th- nine and three or ten and two this year, and Sark goes six and six with Quinn Ewers, I I no think... they the, the, they won't can Sark after two years. I mean, not after if Lane is out know. there. If Lane is out there and interested, and they've got Quinn Ewers, and they don't want to waste Quinn Ewers because they only have him for one more year, I think they could totally do that. I think they could absolutely do that. I think you probably ride that out for one more year just because there's it's Texas. There's another quarterback coming, right? They're not they're not hurting for it. And also, if you if you get Lane anyway, you'll just bring in a transfer quarterback to go with him. Like whatever whatever the best available quarterback who's not at a national championship winning situation is, we'll just go to play with lane in texas yeah I, I i wonder i do wonder what next year's coaching cycle looks like because we we always think that it's gonna seems be... weird right like yeah. it seems like it's gonna be quiet I, I, at least like it seems to me it could be like a really fun year for like the mid-tier jobs yeah uh yeah, like a louisville like um you know something something jobs along that line a lot of the mid-tier of the big 10 probably um jobs like that well nebraska could open but i mean like northwestern set minnesota set could Wisconsin ever get tired? Are they going to get tired uh, of Paul Chris? He... I, I don't think so. Maybe maybe Ferentz <coughs> retires, but that seems unlikely. Because if Ferentz retires, then Kentucky opens because that's where Stoops would go. Um, yeah. You think? I, I, I mean, I, I think he should. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, he has the best job in college football, dude. I agree, but I, I, I also think he would take Iowa. I don't think that – I don't know if I would consider that rational, but I do think that he would do it. Well, if they could, could they just get Beal in that anyway, so. Yeah. Um, at which point Illinois opens, and that's <laughs> another another one of those. Yeah, um, someone would someone would move. Um, I don't know, like uh, yeah, I'm trying to th- produce like, set right. I mean, like I, there's really not a lot of movement. Well, going. Maryland could open up sooner or later. I think Louis- uh, I think Louisville opens at which point Purdue opens. Um, I think that the two are are pretty much connected. Um, 
which is another one of those. It would be uh, that's Louisville's broke though. Like it's, Louisville doesn't have money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a Power Five program. Purdue there does. is always there is it's, always it's Power money. Five program, but but like they're they're by far their biggest donor is now just not doing anybody right with Papa John. He's just out of the loop. Yeah, uh, and their contract is like a third of the size. What's so coming for the Big Ten in the next year or two? I, Purdue I, can pay whatever they want. Like if it's if it's about, I mean. If Brom leaves, it will not be because Purdue like Purdue can double up whatever it was offering. I don't think it would be about money. That that's my that's my my my. Guess. That's fair. That's that's a different take altogether. Could Kalani Sataki try to go somewhere? I don't. He probably stays. But, I don't know where he would go. That's um, the, that's the thing is like Arizona State might open, but I don't think he'd leave for that because he he already didn't leave for like Washington or or Oregon, right? Yeah. Who the fuck is Arizona State going to hire? They can't get anybody. Good. <laughs> it's me. I'm the new coach at Arizona yeah. State. Yeah. Could, I would, I mean, mm, if you're Lane, okay, here, here's a scenario for you. Uh, let's say Lincoln Riley bombs this year. He goes like seven and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip Kelly also goes seven and five. Oh, gets UCLA, fired. UCLA probably opens. That's that's that could be one in this in this. Could cycle. could they get Lane? Would Lane leave Ole Miss for UCLA? <laughs> oh, I like to think about UCLA Lane. That's fun. UCLA Lane. It's it's right there in the name. You can already you can Lane back in LA oh. just ruining Lincoln Riley's life. Oh. Like Lincoln Riley has that big old house. Lane posted about it. Oh Lane God. like Lane buying a house next door, hitting golf balls like Riley's house <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> Lane just reenacting like Entourage season two at near yeah. <laughs> like Lincoln oh. Riley's house. Um, oh my God. Oh, I There's need some potential it. There. I need that so bad. Lincoln Riley setting up. Oh, he's uh, you know thinking I'm gonna run shop in the uh, in the Pac-12 for years to come, and then a year later, here's fucking Lane Kiffin next door. <laughs> hey, Lincoln, yeah. what's up, bud? Fuck you. <laughs> Here I am. Oh man, <laughs> time to eat your lunch. <laughs> he's just Malachi Nelson is just flipping on signing day to yeah. Lane to Lane Kiffin. Uh, oh my God! Lane has put on thirty pounds by Rob Hunter. Lane still is. He's him and Leonardo DiCaprio are hanging out with like year olds together. Uh, <laughs> they have identical bodies. Oh, dude! Uh, I need that so bad. <laughs> that's all I want now. That's that. I really can't think of. I mean, Dream there's scenario. no other job that could open, right? Like nothing else is potential. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Like, like ACC doesn't really have the heat like that. Big 12, not really. Like, Could Dabo just quit? Could Dabo just quit college football and say he's done? Yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of that he kind of, I, I it seems like was, was, I think if he was going to do it, he would have done it already. Um, yeah. But I also Mac Brown probably isn't like gonna. And I don't, I don't know that I North mean, Carolina is a better job than Ole Miss. Um, at that yeah. Point. No, no, not for Lane. I just mean in general, like jobs oh, can yeah. open. Yeah. Um, mid-tier jobs. I mean. Yeah, and the SEC, you got to think like SEC. Sometimes there's, you know, like a Missouri might open, I guess. But that's yeah, Auburn certainly mid tier. Auburn, uh, Auburn is probably the powerhouse in the in the cycle next year. I think. The, the, like I think the driving moves of next year's cycle, the potential ones to look out for: are Auburn, Florida State, and UCLA. That, that's a pretty tame cycle. That's, that's I would the case. I would toss Penn State in there potentially too. I don't know if they're. I don't think they fire him, but he's always. You know, itching to move. Yeah, where are you going to go? That's he wouldn't leave for any of those jobs. Maybe Florida State, but I don't know. That seems like a lateral I, I move. He just also he just got a contract. They, yeah, well, they didn't they just they, they just gave him the quit fucking around contract of like no they gave him the um we want to shut up about this so we're going to give you a fake contract they they gave him the they gave him the not real extension. I'm no dude. I'm pretty sure they they increased the buyout by a lot. Like I don't think it's a real money extension for him, but it's kind of like a telling him to quit flirting every year. I don't that's, think that they did. I think it was it. one where they increased the buyout and then it immediately drops again next year. I, th- I think it was one. Oh, of interesting. Those. Um, 
which is this one's well no way no way to know we won't no, do it no way to this. find out well that's uh, unfortunately that's nerd shit and we don't want to talk about that yeah um, not interested i guess um <laughs> i don't know could you see uh i was just thinking of someone just left my head um god damn it uh anyone else in the acc no uh yeah i mean like you know, I was Pitt, just thinking of a school I thought could open. I really I left my head immediately. Pitt just did an extension. Georgia Tech is going to open at some point. But that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Georgia Tech is actually like, oh. Which, um, of course, that's not an interesting job at all. They're going to hire some bullshit coach. They're going to hire Jamie Chadwell, probably, who will go 7-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Um, Not sure about that. Mm, not sure about that. Let's see. Let's see what Jamie Chadwell would do at, at Georgia Tech. I, I, feel, I feel a little bit better about it than I think you do. We'll see. Um, I just don't see. Yeah, just kind of a boring coaching cycle, right? Really, not yeah, anyone. I mean, we're to... not we're te- we're not there yet. But I, I, it's not. It certainly doesn't look good. Like Stanford, maybe I guess, but that seems unlikely. Ah, uh, they won't fire. Show they don't care enough to fire them. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, like, yeah, you go you go P five by P five. The Pac twelve. It's it's what UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, State, and then yeah. Colorado. Yeah, Colorado. I guess, but that's not, you know. We're gonna have to uh, sometime in the off season. We're gonna have a friend of the show Colton Denning on to talk about Colorado. Yeah, because um, it is it is it's not it's not going well out there. But I I certainly don't think they're gonna be like big time investors in the in the coaching cycle. For sure, I will say an absolute dog shit hiring cycle where there's just nothing interesting to talk about. Uh, it's pretty much where we where we thrive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we've <laughs> we've we've gone twenty minutes talking about it uh, hypothetically. These jobs aren't even open yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have one more thing I want to get on here before we wrap up the podcast. Yeah, uh, which there was some there was some news. Uh, you guys may have tweeted about it. Um, Louis Simmons died yeah. uh, in the last. Uh, he died last week. I don't remember the exact day. I think it was Wednesday of last week. Um, obviously, someone I talked about a lot in this podcast. Uh, a kind of a you know someone who I always uh, thought of very highly of, just one of the most incredibly important people in the strength conditioning world and, and strength sports, and to me physical fitness, uh, a guy who, like I, I really don't think I can I overstate how important he was to like what the strength community looks like now. He essentially is is nearly single handedly responsible for modernizing all of the United States like weightlifting and powerlifting uh, regimens, like training regimens. He. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> got out of the army uh, following, uh, I think it was like in the early 1960s, he got out of the army, he was serving in Germany at, at the base there, he lifted pretty heavily at the time, uh, started scouring the world basically for Soviet weightlifting manuals at a time where like at the height of the Cold War, uh, was getting these in like the native Russian, getting them translated by people he could find who just happened to speak Russian um, to be able to get access to these documents and learn what they were training with. Um, it's one of like the guys who turned what was essentially like circus sport at the time, like strongman into uh, applying physics and, and simple stuff like force equals massive acceleration into lifting and understanding that what that means and different kinds of strength and, and constantly tinkering and inventing and just trying all these different methods. Um, trained Olympians, trained the strongest people in the history of the world in terms of powerlifting, in terms of uh, weightlifting. Um, if you're a football fan, he is responsible for a lot of like those Super Bowl winning uh, New England Patriots teams. They all consulted with him at Westside. Uh, Mike Vrabel trained at Westside. Uh, you know, a lot of the Green Bay Packers teams trained at Westside. Uh, Michael Thomas, against Ohio State's wishes, left the Ohio State training facility to go work out at Westside many times. Yeah. Uh, specifically during the rise he had in 2014, 2015, when he went from a guy who was 
uh, a red shirt who was like not a serious player at all come out of Fort union to becoming a superstar second round pick all pro uh stud uh that's west side yeah and, um, and I, i'll mention real quick just because i i saw this and it I, i'm sure it, it, if you had seen it it would make you upset but i saw he michael thomas tweeted about this right because he he was like you mentioned he was a, a pretty frequent guest there and there were people in the replies who were like yeah that's right ohio state developed here trains the best no <laughs> truly no. nuts yeah no shut yeah. up no and you could also you could also put two and two together because i posted a, a an article a couple of days later uh that i literally found totally different uh reasons uh, but there was a guy who was posted about his time. He visited Westside for like an internship for the summer uh, and posted, it was the summer of 2014, so right before Ohio State's national championship run, that uh, several players in the team against Ohio State's wishes basically like quit some of the Austin conditioning program to go work at Westside instead. And were telling quote stories about how hilariously bad Ohio State was uh, and just basically making fun of what Mick was doing yeah. openly to all the other lifters in the gym. Uh, and considering the time that Mike Thomas's rise happened, I don't think I, it takes mm. me <laughs> too much to put two and two together there on, on who was talking about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Lou was an absolute giant in the community, just a guy who is responsible for so much knowledge, who was constantly helping out for free. Uh, you know, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who can tell you stories about calling into Westside personally and having Lou answer the phone and, and just talk, train with them at the, at the top of his head uh, for free, not asking for any money, not asking for anything. Um, you know, recruited guys, uh, from the West side area of Columbus, guys who grew up in the hilltop, grew up in Franklin, who grew up with basically, you know, a lot of them without any kind of, uh, pot to piss in and turn them into world champion powerlifters. And, and, uh, you know, I think you can say when it's, he's just picking guys for a 15 mile radius to come train with him. Uh, it's not genetics, right? It's a system when you can just do that repeatedly time and time again, there's, it's, it's not the Columbus just happens to breed the strongest guys in the world. Right. Yeah. Uh, a guy knows how to train them, develop them over time. Um, and, and what he did to the way that he applied the sports, I think is really fascinating, right? Cause a lot of guys can teach you how to get strong, uh, in terms of strongman training, in terms of powerlifting training, or in terms of bodybuilding training, right? That's kind of settled science, but so you want to take what he knew, uh, and apply it to different sports. You know, he, he trained Steve Miocic, uh, personally, when he ran the UFC heavyweight championship and defended it longer than anyone ever has. Uh, he trained, I think two different Olympic sprinters. Uh, he trained Olympic gold medal shot putters. Uh, he trained people in football, people in basketball, trained people in uh, other UFC fighter trained boxers. He worked with a dude out of, um, out of Youngstown, Kelly Pavlich. I uh, Trump trained him, uh, who was a world champion. Uh, constantly, constantly training with the best athletes in the world. Um, all the guys work with Josh Bryant right now, Julius Maddox, world champion, Bencher, uh, Derek Thistleweight. Uh, those guys, whether well, they know it or not, are all operating basically off of Louis Simmons systems. Lead FTS is all Louis Simmons systems. Matt Whiting is Louis Simmons systems. These guys are already very interested in the conjugate method. Um, you know, he's a guy who fucking broke his back in multiple places and came back to squat over 700 pounds again afterwards. Uh, just a truly freakish mind who, who could absorb and apply so many different things he learned. And someone who I think also, you know, uh, wouldn't give himself much credit for being inventive. And one of his favorite lines I think I posted on Twitter is, you know, I may not have invented toilet paper from smart enough to use it. Right. Like yeah. just, just this humbleness of like being aware of soaking the knowledge around you. Uh, and, and even if you didn't invent something, just being able to read and apply and learn uh, is such a valuable skill set. I think a lot of people, uh, have lost nowadays, right? And, and like understand things not as one-off incidents or, or you know, um, things that are separate, but actually understanding patterns and applying them and learning from the world around you. Uh, and, and I think like 
you know, I, I talk about lifting a lot, but I, I think really like the, the, the mindset that Lou applies to powerlifting um, of using it as a way to measure yourself, to identify your weaknesses, to improve them, to improve yourself uh, is really valuable for me. And something I've taken outside of the gym into life in general. And I think kind of looking at yourself with this kind of rigorous self-analysis of, of where do I want to go? What do I have to improve to get there? What has to change for me? Uh, and identifying that yourself and being able to have the tools and the knowledge to one to self-assess, but two to actually do something to change you. So you have, have that mindset um, is incredibly valuable. And I, I think he's just someone I admire so much uh, as a legend in the state of Ohio, legend in the city of Columbus, uh, legend in the strength community, um, and just a giant really. And obviously, you know, I just want to say rest in peace to Lou and, and, uh, thank, you know, thank him and thank the Westside community for everything they've given to, um, guys like me who enjoy spending time in the gym and, uh, who are like thinking about sports and training in general. It's just something that is so valuable and uh, a life that I think we were missed dearly for a very long time. Yeah, truly a, uh, a a a man who knew ball and and just loved ball. I mean, he had that dog right. in him, right? Like we say all the time. But I'm not I'm not saying this tongue in cheek at all. That is that is from everything I've gathered from listening to you, from reading about him. He just really really loved ball. Um, oh yeah, he's a little like five foot eight, hundred six, seventy five <laughs> pound fucker who would like yeah. uh, have these three hundred pound monsters in his gym and would just call them like uh, losers and bitches yeah. and like call out the deadlift challenges. Be fifty five years old. Uh, still totally elite totals over 2000 pounds and, uh, calling guys out who are some of like, you know, who would frequently recruit ex felons to come to his gym and like would, would challenge them that if, uh, you know, they, they passed out beforehand, they're, you know, losers and just all this stuff, of course, yeah. like very like aggressive macho culture, but I mean, just truly a fucking legend, just a, a mental warrior, a gym warrior, just an all timer, true yep. freak. Yep. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get out of here. We will be back next week with, uh, a different way of previewing the 2022 season that is functionally <laughs> the same as, as what we're already doing. At some point we're going to have a Sunbelt preview here coming up, uh, pretty soon. I'm, I'm still working my way through that at, uh, at the outside zone newsletter, which you can subscribe to for just $5 a month. It's, it's three dispatches a week right now. I'm in full G5 preview season. Recently gained access to snap counts, which somehow I was doing these previews without before. Uh, I've I've become infinitely more powerful now that I have those. Um, but uh, your your subscription, if you are interested at all, is, is much appreciated. Um, I'm on Twitter, Patrick underscore Mayhorn. Ryan is at B1G underscore Ryan. The show is at Field Flipping. Um, we have uh, we've really appreciated the reception that we've gotten in in recent months. We we've really developed a, uh, <clears throat> a, a an online community that I, I really like. I, they're you know yeah man. I, I think it's a it's a very fun group that we have. And uh, if you just if you listen to the show but haven't really engaged with that at all, and you are online and are looking for a fun group to engage with, I, I definitely follow the Twitter at at Field Flipping. Um, feel free to reach yeah, send out. Us, yeah. send, send us what you consider to be like your male friend. Cause let's be honest, these are all dudes listening to us. We might have like three women listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're our moms. Yeah. Uh, My mom <laughs> does not two. listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, send us, send us whatever your Tinder bio is for male friends. How, how would you go about picking up male friends? Uh, what, what are you looking for in a, in a guy you like to have in a group chat? We'll get it going. Well, we've mm-hmm. talked about doing a Discord. We'll make that happen eventually. Well, let's let's start connecting these guys. Uh, yeah. There's enough of you out there with very sick little brains that would like to talk with us more, and we'd like to talk with you more. So yeah. we'll get this going soon. Well, we yeah. have some, we have some plans to work that we're really excited about that 
uh, you guys see more and more of the offseason. Yeah, and we've, we've been getting the uh, the show. I run the show account. We've been getting DMs more and more frequently from people who are just, you know, listening to the show and they have questions about teams or, or players or, or strength and conditioning staffs or any number of things. I would like for, for that to be something that, that people who listen to the show know that they can they can do, right? If you have questions about teams that you're just on your mind, you're thinking about, que- you know, not even just questions, just topics, you know, things that, that college football things that are that you think about. Um, we are more than happy to talk about that stuff. Just send them our way uh, at field flipping again, DM. We talk ball. Tweet. We yeah. talk ball. We will talk ball. And, and we really like talking ball with you guys and, and talking ball to you guys. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to keep doing it. We're <laughs> having a good time with it. We, again, we really appreciate the reception. Um, if you are so inclined, I, I will mention, we haven't mentioned this in like a year and a half, but uh, if you are so inclined to go on to, uh, I think it's Apple podcasts and leave a five-star review. I've been, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. I've yeah. been told, that that's helpful i don't know how that's helpful i think it like puts you on the charts or something and that would you know bring bring more people in to talk ball with us and that's that's something that we like um and uh it would be much appreciated it, it doesn't take very long just jump on five star review write out a sentence you know d- explain that you know ball or that we don't know ball or whatever i don't i don't but uh they they are they are appreciated if you have the time to do that if you enjoy the show um ryan i'll uh i'll, I'll catch you next week for the same thing we're gonna do it again That's right, Kang.